1: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Record Celtic podcast. I'm Liam Bryce and today I'm joined by Craig Swan and Andy Barge as we take a look at all the goings on over at Parkhead. On the pod today, with the transfer window fast approaching, we take a wee look at how the summer could shape up for Celtic. Uh, the first big moment is Tom Rogic signing on for another five years, and we examine just how big a boost this is for the club. And finally, we'll take a look back over the Scottish Cup final as Brendan Rodgers and his side secured an historic double treble. Uh, Swanee, we'll come to you first of all. What do you expect from Celtic this this summer transfer Because well, obviously, a lot of the talk is about what's going on over the across the city. But what can what do you expect from Celtic in the summer?
0: I think um, the everybody clamours at this stage of the season. They're looking for things to happen, things to happen quickly. But I don't think there's a mass overhaul required at the moment. I think there was a lot of suspicion that Rodgers would leave, which Tom Rodgers would leave, which would have been a big problem. But that issue has been solved. So I think in the middle they're fine. No one's going to buy Scott Brown, and Chams not going anywhere. Um, McGregor's there, Rodgers is there. Obviously, there's an issue over Stuart Armstrong That's still to be sorted. Um, defensively Simunovic says he's going to stay Boyata's now in talks about a contract which at one stage didn't look likely until after the World Cup Tierney's going to stay, Lustig will probably be back try to do a deal for us. So I don't think there's going to be that much done um, early uh, obviously we'll come to something later about the, the English transfer window which may move the goalposts a little bit as well mm-hmm. I, I personally think it'll move the goalposts quite a bit for Celtic but mm-hmm. I don't I'm I'm guessing at that because we've never had any of experience of it yet. We don't know how it's gonna play out, but just one or two factors within it makes me think it, it may be beneficial for them to hang on. Um and so I don't expect much to happen at, over the next
1: certainly over the next three, four weeks I don't see much happening now. hmm And obviously we've got Andy, we've got Patrick Roberts who's spell at the club uh seemed was coming to an end. Um, the likes of maybe Moussa Dembélé—he's forever being linked with moves away. Stuart Armstrong is, as when he said, we're not sure what's happening. him, Is there anybody you expect to 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 leave or even be moved on in a sense? You know, is there anybody whose time is up or anybody you think
2: who's who's from, going to head off? From what seems to have become the preferred lineup for Rodgers, the only one that I can see being sought after is Dembélé. I think that Rodgers saying new contract pretty much keeps him here for another season or two. I don't. Like Swanee said, I don't see Cham or Brown moving on. Forrest and McGregor are going to stay. And I don't think anyone's going to really chase anyone from the defence. Tierney seems to be pretty settled as well. Um, I think I think the key indicator in Dembele's future is how much Celtics seem to be chasing Edward. Um, I don't think they would be talking about breaking their transfer record if, if Dembele was going to stay. So I think he's going to move on down south. I think... Armstrong's going to move on as well. I think he, he's been injured this season, but he's not been the same player. And I think his focus has wavered at times. And I think he'll end up on his way out as well. And another one who's he's kind of lost his way a wee bit this season, despite scoring a healthy amount of goals, is Sinclair. I don't know if he'll settle for another season on the bench. He, his career's not by yet, and I think he might fancy another crack at England before um, he does call it a day eventually. If he can't force his way back into the starting eleven. I think Celtic might, if a bid comes along, he might find himself on the way back to the English Premier League or Championship. Yeah,
1: because there was some, uh, there was some talk a few months ago about Sinclair potentially heading away, but then Sinclair himself actually came out on the Celtic website and said, "Look, I'm, I'm not going anywhere." But kind of based on how the, the rest of the seasons panned out, if if there was a, an English club who, came in with a bid for him, do you think he'd be tempted?
0: Yeah, I I think what players say in public, what they have to say, and what actually is going on, maybe two very different things. Um, Scott Sinclair's not a first pick. He's obviously the optimum uh, time to be sold. He's given two cracking years to Celtic, and as well, and he's right. Maybe one and a half really good years, Um, tapered a little bit now. I think if Celtic could get a good price from, they might take it. Um, I don't know just exactly, none of us know just exactly how Lewis Morgan's going to settle in but that's where he would play you would think, Mm -hmm. off the left, now a lot of people suspect he may end up going the same route as Ryan Christie and Scott Allen despite the fact what he said because it's a Mm -hmm. huge jump but if he does prove to be good enough then he would go and play in there so yeah I think this would maybe be the time for, uh, as Andy says, this might be a good time for Sinclair to go and have one last crack at it but it all depends on a buyer and and Peter Loyal doesn't uh, doesn't move for cheap figures if... um, if no one's prepared to pay just exactly what he thinks he's worth, then he'll be staying.
2: It's a, it's a risk-free signing for a team in England. If somebody like Bournemouth or Huddersfield wants to throw four million at yeah. Celtic, no water off their back, really. Uh, yeah, that's a very good point,
1: yeah. Uh-huh. And, Andy, you touched on it as well, Edward, you're expecting, you know, as, a, as an indicator of Dembele's future, but if we can just go on to Edward specifically, uh, you know, there's been a a lot, a lot of talk in the past few days about when... Celtic have to get this wrapped up by when we don't have to get it they don't have to get it wrapped up by is this is this one you expect Celtic to push over the line you guys
0: yeah I think they will yeah I think they would like to get him I think the player would like to stay I think the manager would like to get him yeah. he's had a year to bed in he's at a good age I think if it's, if it's doable and all the indications that we've been told is that it is doable I think I'll be done
2: yeah, rog- it? Nah, Rogers has been very vocal about it, hasn't he? He's full of praise for Eduard. He scored some big goals this season. He's kind of in a similar mode to Dembele. You know, Roger's fancies that kind of striker—a big, strong guy like, who hold the ball up, bring us into play, and finish the ball. It's very different to Griffith. It's just good to have two options. And if Dembele's in his way out, it makes sense to bring Eduard in. It's—it's it's a lot of money though. For Celtic, it's been what 17 years or something like that since they've spent yeah this amount of money on Hearts yeah. and Sutton. Yeah. Their like, market's
0: changed, and yeah, I don't think it's so much in terms of the. You know, it's it. A lot of people are putting a lot of store in the fact that this boy and, and it's the transfer. You know, would have to be a new record, and almost just looking at the player and the fee in mm-hmm. isolation. But not quite as simple as that. No, it's not Co- because he's coming from PSG, and because of the other. You know, Celtic would maybe be able to get. You know, there might have been a player if he'd have been on loan from someone else that maybe it wouldn't have cost the same amount. So I wouldn't place too much thought I just think the market's moved on. Yeah, a player that a player that 5 years ago would have cost 1 million pound now costs 7 yeah. in, in the world of PSG and Manchester City <laughs> it's it's a different world to us
2: Celtic paying was it 3 million for players like Pookie, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right, so
0: sure. I just think it's an indication of how the market's moved and and also the, the the competition Celtic can't compete now with the really big clubs in terms of buying. I mean they went toe to toe with one or two Premier League clubs to get Sutton, to get Hartson. Mm-hmm. To get Joe Ledley when they got him on the, they would never get a player ahead of a Premier League mm-hmm. club
1: now. Mm-hmm. And speaking of the Premier League, you touched on it briefly there. Uh, they have brought their transfer window, f- the closing date, brought that forward to be before when the fixtures kick off on August the ninth. So, so you've got a bit to tell us about how you think this could affect Celtic's summer. Well,
0: I think uh, Andy touched on them. Um, Musa Dembele and I think he's 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 key to all of this he'll probably be the biggest example that we'll get of how this new window is going to work because obviously in the past Celtic it was 2015 with Virgil van Dijk Virgil was clearly he wanted to go everyone knew he was going to go but because of the time of the qualifiers for Celtic they were able to say to Virgil look you're staying you need to stay and play the qualifiers then we've got eight days after the qualifiers and it all gets sorted then that luxury's now been removed they can't say to Musa Dembele Musa you stay and play in the qualifiers and help us out and then you can go after. That can't happen because the qualifiers are nowhere near finished. I think there's another three games after the August 9th, maybe two, certainly the playoff round. Um, so that couldn't happen. We would have to go beforehand, which they, which changes the dynamic a bit because do they then try and sell him now
2: mm-hmm. and
0: give themselves more time because they know what's going on? Um, does that depend on what clubs in England want to do? The other aspect of it, I think, is there is interest from abroad in them. I can guarantee you that um, and in the past you would suspect that if there was interest from England as well it would be a good bargaining chip for Celtic to say to a Marseille or a Borussia Dortmund "Oh, guess what this team in England are in from and they're offering is ex. those teams abroad now can just sit and wait they don't need to get involved in a bidding war and just say okay if X are going to pay 20 million for Dembele fair enough on you go and they don't have to go... They can wait, 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 wait. And then if it doesn't happen by August the 9th, they can then go back to certain and say, well, that 20 million you told us about, that didn't happen. You can have 15 and that's it. Mm-hmm. So it's going to change a lot of things of how the game's played. As I say, I'm not a chief executive, mm-hmm. so I don't know how to play the game <laughs> exactly, how's the best way to do it. But it's definitely going to change. I, I think he would probably... I would imagine if he didn't go now, he maybe wouldn't go... Till the end of the window and maybe to abroad rather mm. than to England. I think if he was going to England, it would be pretty much ASAP. Yeah.
1: And you think well, we've actually not heard too much in the way of clubs coming in from from at, at this? Did you expect it's been kind of kind of quiet on that in that front? Yeah, but Celtic, I like that, front. aren't
0: they? I mean, it's very they're, they're very good at doing their business. Unfortunately for guys like me, they're very good at keeping <laughs> things quiet, which is not what not what you like. Uh-huh. But um, no, they're, they're they're very good at keeping. Keep situations quite yeah, If you don't and, doubt, there is there is obvious interest. Be assured, you know? that there's right. lots of
1: interest. Uh huh. Um, and just as well, the we touched on it briefly there. But what was Andy? If you could see, I, I mean, it almost seems ridiculous to say that after you know winning the double treble, another clean sweep domestically. But is, do you think is Brendan Rodgers going to look at his that squad and think there's any position on the park that he's thinking? Well, I, I need to I need to upgrade there.
2: I don't know if Rodgers is thinking it, but. I'll- I would reckon a lot of fans are thinking Mikael Lustig needs replaced uh-huh. um, Henry's come in and played a few games at right back I'm not sure that's his position He doesn't look as comfortable no. there does he? Um, I think the keeper situation is fairly strong I mean there's a few murmurs of discontent among the supporters with Gordon um, but I think is a solid backup and Gordon's still a good keeper but for me the position that Celtic need to look at improving is, is a right back area you saw it in the game against PSG last season when Lustig was injured and I don't think he's that great anyway but Rolsen was thrown in against mm-hmm. Neymar I mean he never stood a chance really Celtic need someday a wee bit more experienced than that um, and a bit more quality than Lustig I think going forward I think Roderick signing a new, a new deal is as big as any signing they're likely to make this summer because having a playmaker is so important and he fits the mould perfectly um, I think a, a new centre back would be would be pretty valuable as well I think Ayer's still a bit raw he's clearly got talent but when he gallops up the park at times and loses the ball mm-hmm. some, he, was, he gets bullied quite easily at times Curtis Main had him on, on toast a few times at the weekend and speaking of that game I was I, I was uh, thinking that Boyata might get thrown around a bit by Curtis Main, but Boyata's inconsistency um, but he actually turned up at the weekend Boyata and you saw the positive side of the game when he's asked to just do the simple things and look after a striker I think he's actually okay uh-huh. when, when he's asked to play the ball out from the back, and he's got time to think about what he's doing. That's when he, he kind of panics, and, he, and he's not great. If you can get Boyata doing what he's good at doing, he's fine. But I think definitely a right back, a centre back, and the Rogic contract is, is the big are the biggest things.
0: I Also, think you you have to. It's, it's very important if you if he if he stands still, you go backwards. Mm-hmm. I think it's just a, a general freshening up, but you know it has to be done properly because. The recruitment over the past year hasn't been great to be fair. for Johnny Hayes was unlucky. Olivia yeah, and Champs come into it. But, you know, masonda was a disaster. And, well, you can't say him having has been anything other than a disaster be because he's, <laughs> he's barely played. One game against Morton, where you or I could have played at centre-back and it would have been fine. Um, so, yeah, I think I think even just for the group themselves, you know, you saw it with Sir Alec Ferguson at Manchester I'm United so when they were successful. That, Got to keep building on it, and uh-huh. just freshen it up, just bits here and there. More so for the guys that are in the dressing room just now, just to give them a boost.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, so do you, do you expect right back potentially an area that they might look at? Or do you, can you even see Ralston coming back in and fighting for a no. a
2: place? No. no. I don't think, think Ralston's going to come in and play.
0: No, I haven't seen a lot of him at Dundee United, so I, I don't know. I, one thing I do know is the Jack Kendry, he was asked to play at right back. As Andy says... That's not a long-term solution. He doesn't look comfortable there. He's not suited to playing there, and he's not. He doesn't look natural at it to me. And I think the performance for Scotland and Hungary, I think it was Hungary, yeah, when he played at centre back, shows that that's his position. So while we're mm-hmm. talking about centre back, we're not to know that Rogers doesn't see Henslow. You would expect he would see him as one of his centre back pair mm-hmm. in the future. That's obviously why he's bought him not to be a right uh-huh. back. So. That's, that's possible as well as, as he grows into, the, grows into the club next season. Future.
2: Yeah. The key word there. Yeah. And in the, in the qualifiers in next season's Champions League great stage, if, if they said want to make it to the Europa again or even the last 16, are they going to be able to do it with two of Boyata, Sumanovic, Hendry, and Ayer? I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't imagine so. Yeah.
0: And, and recently, well, Brendan got very upset about it last year when people questioned why he didn't have backup.
2: Mm-hmm. But
0: they the evidence is there. there Jozo Sibunovic right. and Dedrick Boyata do not play full seasons. Uh-huh. They just don't. They get injured, and that's there's nothing you can do about it because it's happened since the year dot since the boys started playing.
1: So, he will have to have provisions in there, yeah. So yeah. And you mentioned a, a potential new contract for Boyata. Is that something that is that a surprise? Do you think? I think the Andy made a great point. Boyata, Celtic fans probably
0: won't thank me for saying this, but it reminds me a bit of Lorenzo Amoruso. When you asked Lorenzo Amoruso to defend, he defended and he was quite good. The minute he thought he was better than he was and had the ball at his feet and started being clever and started trying to do things, he just ended up making a complete mess of it. Mm-hmm. But Yatta, when he's asked to defend... Now, the flip side of that is people will turn around to me and say, well, look at the Champions League games. Dead balls, he's having to defend out of the box, didn't do it prop, you know, when he's had to look after things. But people forget, boy, Yatta's still relatively young. He's not that old. In terms, um, in terms of a centre-back? In terms of a centre-back, he's quite young. I. The thing about Boyata's contract which surprised me was I, I pretty, pretty much the vibe we were all getting was these were two guys who were going into... Boyata and Rodgers were two men who were going into the last year of their contracts. And agents, any agent worth a salt is going to say sit tight until the World Cup because you play well there, you're going to get big offers and big contracts. That tells me... For Celtic to get Tom Rogers tied up before the World Cup, they've had to pay him and pay him well to convince him to do that. And fair play, so they should. He's one of the most important players. So he's obviously been given the contract that he's due. Um, the fact that Boyata came out and told us last week that talks had started because all the indications we've been getting more talks hadn't started. They weren't underway because we're waiting to the World Cup. That would suggest Celtic want to get it done. So take From it as you will, but he, he says it's that they're, they're talk- now. Maybe he knows, maybe maybe Dedrick knows deep down he's not going to the World Cup, mm-hmm. and so there won't be a shop window. So let's just get this signed yeah, and get a nice get contract the road, sorted. Uh-huh. These are things we don't know. Maybe, maybe the time this podcast Roberto Martinez will have told us, but um, <laughs> I suspect that uh, he might not be going, uh, uh-huh. and they might be trying to get it done.
1: And one man who we know uh, is coming into Celtic next season as Lewis Morgan again we touched on it briefly at the beginning he's he seems to be quite you know adamant that he's like I'm coming here to play I'm I'm not interested in in going on loan it's as if he, he kind of he, he sort of realizes there's a kind of perception that maybe this is a boy who's going to come in and then be Punted out on loan quickly. How, how eager do you think this? He seems he seems really eager to make an impression. I think like quickly. Every,
2: I think like every young player in Scotland coming to a, a big team, you would want to make an impression. He's saying all the right things, whether or not he actually does it, I'm I'm not so sure. Um, you saw Christy coming in struggling. He was so good at Cali Thistle. Scott Allen was really good for Hibs. Came in, not fancied. Ben you there's another. I mean where's he now he's, he's disappeared off is he, he? Yeah. In. or something yeah league like one sure. league two I, I, I can't see Lewis Morgan staying at Celtic the full season yeah. I think he'll be a loan move some, he'll, somebody will he'll take him on loan yeah. and maybe like, somebody like Hibbs or Aberdeen or something like that like another Christie situation if Lewis Morgan is going to break in at the Celtic team he's going to have to do something special Johnny Hayes was magnificent for Aberdeen and struggled to break in mm-hmm. and it was just unfortunate for Hayes when he did he, he got a really bad injury yeah um, Morgan he's not going to say anything other than I believe I can get into this Celtic team if he says he doesn't believe it then eyebrows are raised automatically yeah, yeah. Um, but I think if, if Lewis Morgan is going to force himself into this team I think there's going to have to be a bit of a shake up in the transfer market for Celtic players will have to leave for him to get the opportunity um, and then I think that he's going to have to perform at an extremely extremely high level to, to sustain a place so.
0: the one thing he's got in his favour is the ridiculous way the season's shaped you almost played two thirds of your season before Christmas, don't you? Uh-huh. And the way they, the Champions League qualifies this year, I believe, if I've got this right, and I should have done because I wrote the story about two months ago. I think it's eight <laughs> games in successive weeks, isn't it? Yeah. Eight uh, games in successive uh-huh. midweeks That's, that he plays. Brendan Rodgers is basically going to have to have almost like a Champions League team and a league team to start mm. the season. Uh-huh. I know they want to start well because Steven Gerrard's coming to Rangers and Aberdeen and blah, blah, blah but he's going to have to mix and match with Betfred Cup ties and things like that in between European ties so that at least it gives Morgan a chance to get some game time mm-hmm. and then it's down to him I mean whereas one of the what, these other boys maybe struggled was they didn't even get the game time they weren't even playing now you would imagine with the sheer volume of fixtures he'll get some chances then it's all down to him
1: mm-hmm.
0: if, if he starts well yep.
2: you, you never know Yeah
1: uh, he does have to hit the guy Yeah, the game absolutely. Got him, doesn't he because yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it, you, you said you saw it with Johnny Hayes it's, yeah. it's easy to to just almost disappear off. The if,
2: if October, off the if October radar. November comes around, and he's played two games. It'll be away somewhere in January, alone, no mm-hmm. doubt about it. Yeah, because you know how that
0: is here. I mean, there was there was people down in Dembele after six games. Do you remember the whaling and gnashing of teeth when he missed the first Old Firm game? Sorry, when Lee Griffiths was missing the first Old Firm game. Mm. People are panic stricken about Dumbelli uh, having he to did play. In right that game. Day as well. <laughs> yeah, I think he did not all bad. right. just the three. I think he did. Yeah. So, well the were well, the masters of judging people within a second. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and another big player for Celtic, um obviously we've not had a chance to discuss this in full on a podcast yet was uh Tom Rogic signing that new deal just you know from almost from almost from nowhere. Um because there was earlier comments from Brendan Rodgers a, maybe a month or so ago where he was almost sounded a wee bit resigned to him going he was saying you know Tommy's got a he's, this is a big life decision for them to make you know I'd, he knows I'd love him to stay but it was almost as if he was preparing the fans for you know kind of softening the blow a wee bit and then out and over so was that a deliberate I was there of, I was
0: think? I was there I was right there when Brendan said it it was in the, it was in the stand after the Rangers game um, at Parkhead when he, he came and did a little bit with the Daily Papers and he was very um, he was just saying look was giving you know, if you're a Celtic supporter, being at Celtic probably seems like the greatest thing in the world. But if you come from Australia, then there's, there's a big, wide world, world out there, mm-hmm. and maybe fancy something else. And I don't think there was any subterfuge in it. I think he was just yeah. being quite honest. To me, it just looks like the value of Tom Rogic has now become understood to Celtic or somebody at Celtic. I'm not saying that no one that he wasn't valued to start with. Yeah. But in terms of money on a contract, someone's decided uh, right, okay. You are one of the, the top boys. There you go. Because the change has just been—it's just been instant in that situation. and
2: uh-huh. If he had
0: moved on, I don't think there would have been any grudges held. No, no, no
1: certainly not. So no.
0: No. no, I mean he'd won everything. Yeah. Five years. It's, no, it's. Yeah. I, I thought it was a perfect time for him to go. To uh-huh. It was great for Scottish football. And yeah, it's stage.
2: a brilliant player. I think the, the three factors, trophies, Rogers, pay rise—that's really what it comes uh-huh. down to. Yeah. yeah. And if Dembele, Brown, and that are what. In the thirty grand, a week, cod. now got to be near that. Yeah, he's got yeah, to be up and, yeah. and around. And that, that new
0: Emirates route that goes to Dubai and gets you to Australia and only two flights <twice> instead <laughs> of three—that <laughs> helps. Aye.
1: <laughs> uh, and you were saying that there that you know we there was a kind of it would have been generally accepted among the fans. We think that if he had moved on, people would have been like, "Well, it was maybe a natural time for him to to head off elsewhere." And do you think maybe a couple of, a couple of years ago that's what would have happened, and is this a kind of indicator of you know where Celtic are at the moment? That he's saying like, no, I, I, I do want to stay here. I'm not interested in going to England.
2: Yeah, I mean, a couple of years ago, there's no Champions League football. Ronnie Dial was the manager, and um, what a turnaround it's, it's been for somebody like Roger. He was kind of floating in out of the team, wasn't he? Couldn't really find himself fit. And although he doesn't play ninety minutes regularly, he contributes so much when he's on the park that it's worth it. Yeah. Um, I think that now being one of the first players on the team sheet and being adored by the fans will have contributed to his decision. Celtic a in a position now where they can afford to keep something like this rather than look for the best offer from down south whenever there's a stuff, you know um, I think that keeping them is a, a massive massive bit of business
1: and just hypothetically what if he does go to the World Cup and he has a he has an absolute stormer and somebody comes in with 15 million for him. What, happened? what happens then? Well, who's lost? <laughs> Who knows? Mm-hmm. Who's lost? Celtic uh, haven't lost. Nobody. Tom Rodgers hasn't <laughs> lost. <so> Everybody's <laughs> a winner. I said that the contract,
2: the, the phrase, this is where my pet hates. it will keep him at the club until, was it 20, 20 what? Yeah, well, five 20, years. 20, 23. So it uh, yeah. uh, yeah. won't be there until yeah. yeah. 20 It should now yeah.
0: say, we'll keep his value high yeah. until 2019. I mean, yeah,
1: that's basically <laughs> it, isn't it, yeah. these days uh, are um, and obviously we've kind of maybe have a wee look back at the Scottish Cup final itself because you know we've completed the double treble now we can't kind of, uh, let the podcast goodbye without having a, a look back at the game uh, so what was your, your take on the, the Cup final I think a lot of people expected Motherwell to come flying out the blocks and this and that but it was actually it was the other way around wasn't
0: it Celtic abroad um, Celtic took all the fire out of, of Motherwell with just Tremendous tactics, I mean, we've not got time to get bogged down and all that stuff here, mm-hmm. wouldn't I wouldn't have thought, but um, this new box system that everybody seems to love, it just totally faults Motherwell, the two and two in midfield, because you know, you look at the way Celtic line up, you're expecting the three behind the striker who want to play off the left and want to play off the right and want to be central, and it, just, it didn't work like that, it was the two twos and the three Motherwell guys get caught in the middle. And that gave Celtic the, an extra midfield player. The two centre backs split when the keeper had the ball. It got moved into Browning and Cham, who moved it straight out to a full back, who then moved it back the way when they could have gone forward. They basically spent the first 30 minutes of the game knackering out the two Motherwell strikers, mm-hmm. which took their fire away. Yeah, the midfield guys didn't know who to pick up. Guys like Chris Cadden who were playing off off the right from Motherwell didn't know. They couldn't follow McGregor inside because he maybe thought he was maybe having to look after him. He maybe wasn't sure if ready behind him was going to have to look after him. He'd have to look after Tierney. It just, the whole thing just ended up Motherwell mm-hmm. just got the run around and it was down to tactics. And the other thing, as Andy touched on, guys like Boyata stepped in and nipped any things in the bud. Mm-hmm. Any 50-50 Celtic. Everybody talked about Motherwell's physicality. Motherwell can rough, can rough it up. And every 50-50 Celtic won it. Every time the ball went up to Main or Bowman, Boyata went in and won it. I, or got one or two dodgy moments. I agree with you there, mm-hmm. uh, Andy. But, you know, no, nothing, most of them, them were really strong treating. most of them were strong they dealt with Motherwell tactically and physically they dealt with them early doors and had the game won after half an hour
2: and I know that Roger's told the Celtic players to kill this game early Motherwell are a fit team I know the Celtic team were, were were told that the longer this game goes on the, the better chance Motherwell have, cause they will have because they'll go right to the 120 minutes if necessary mm-hmm. Celtic did exactly as needed two goals in the first 20, 25 minutes game over really uh-huh. that's what it comes down to
1: and it was McGregor and Chan with the goals but who were, who were your standouts?
2: Um, then. I've actually got a note here to give the honourable mention to Boyata that we've already done. I thought he stepped in and did what was necessary to keep the Mullerwood Dangerman quiet. Um, McGregor's goal can't go unnoticed. What a screamer, worthy yeah. of. Uh-huh. Uh, if it finished finish 1 0, worthy of winning any, yeah. any cup final. I thought Dembele was brilliant. I in thought the first Dembele half. was fabulous. He, oh, was, really. he really was. He, he held, held the ball up so well that his first touch, he's got this great knack of bringing the ball down from the air with his feet. Mm-hmm. It's brilliant. He just raises his leg, it's like caresses it down. Um, and he brought the others into the play magnificently didn't give the centre half some moments peace, and they're big boys Keep and Aldred you know Dunn is very pacey mm-hmm. but Dembele dominated all three of them and what he did was make
0: and what he also did was make the areas for McGregor and Rogers to play because uh. you don't have those holes if the two holding guys move into the space and fill it and you also don't have the hole if your front player can't spin off and hold it in and, and keep the back three occupied because one of that back three can step out into that gap then and he just gave Rodgers and McGregor and Forrest about forty yards each to play, and it was brilliant.
2: Yeah.
1: And obviously, double treble sewn up. Uh, so what can we try and kind of capture the sort of scale of this, you know, achievement from Celtic? Because a lot of the talk this season has been a bit of, well, they're not as good as they were last season. But to you know, just it's this winning mentality, isn't it? It's just it's, it seems to be completely unshakable. It's
0: the past and the future that will allow you to grasp the scale of achievement no one will ever grasp it just now right now no one will get it the players won't get it fans don't really get it because they're in the middle of it the past tells you that it's never happened <clears throat> and the teams that haven't managed to do it even there's only so many teams that won trebles so that tells you how hard it is and the future because there will be a future when Celtic aren't winning believe it or not <laughs> that does actually happen um, maybe in 10 years from now maybe if Rangers have won 2 or 3 leagues or you know, or, or something like somebody, that, or, oh, or something. Comes from them, then yeah. you
2: look back and go,
0: jeez that was some period, wasn't it?" Yeah. For Celtic, that's incredible. But right now, it's kind of hard to get a grab of it.
2: Yeah, As, I mean, because there, there's no two ways about it. Celtic have dropped the pace in the league. Yeah, they've turned it on when they've needed to, and they cut in the important cup games and the important league games. Celtic have done what they've needed to. It, it doesn't. It may be a bit boring at times when they draw nil nil at home to St. Johnson, Kelly, etc. And they've let a few uh, def, defeats in along the way but it's not that important. Mean, nobody remembers yeah. that, they? Nobody. Nobody, I've got nobody to say, Andy,
0: I, I I don't know about you, but I have heard some utterly ridiculous talk over the last six months about oh, watching Celtic, and it's almost like watching that dial team, <laughs> and um, the gap's closing, look at the <laughs> points difference. I mean, get things like in between the two Zenit St-Petersburg games when Rogers basically picked a reserve team for the St-Johnson game. Celtic did that so often this year and kind of half-messed about because they weren't pushed as mm-hmm. soon as anybody asked them a question
2: yeah. or the
0: Aberdeen game at Petordia that's going to be the one where it falls or so that's going to be the one anyone
2: asked them a question they just run right on, on the premiership trophy it doesn't say Celtic champions brackets by nine points or whatever yeah. it says Celtic champions and that's yeah. what they've done what they needed to do last season was never going to be repeated that was a complete one-off This season, yes, the pace has dropped off at times because they've had so much squad rotation, but it doesn't matter. They've done what they needed to do and they've won the Cup Finals. They've performed brilliantly in both of them. Celtic double, treble winners. And they'll be sitting there
1: thinking just now, there's no reason why we can't go and do it again.
2: I really wouldn't bet against them, to be (laughs) honest.
1: At the moment? Yeah, because
2: Uh, like we were just saying, they perform in the big games and I think it's a a bit of a mentality thing for anyone they come up against now. Uh Ah.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, that's uh, th- this time last year. You'll say, like they can never happen again," mm. and it has. So, no, no one will probably see it. It was, it was, it was, <laughs> quite, it was quite funny in the mix zone actually on Saturday after the game. Was a couple of players asked about it. And you could almost see them raising their eyebrows as if to say, "Gonny give me 15 minutes uh, to I, enjoy I, this I one." <laughs> <laughs> but it's only natural people start yeah. talking about it. But yeah, I think I think they should be allowed to enjoy oh. this one first. What was the reaction well, you, you got from on. the
1: players in the the mix zone? Was it a kind of, you know, was it an overwhelmed, you know? Or was it just, you know, business as I usual? I got this is, a sense this is of what
0: we do? Th- this is what we do business as usual. I got that sense. I got a slight sense of relief off one or two of them because there was big pressures, maybe. Well, yeah, pressure, but I just been, this been chance tough. to do something yeah. amazing. But the biggest thing I got from the whole lot of it was what Andy's just talked about and what I've just talked about. I don't think they really got it at that stage. They just won another game. I'll not be until. They're old olden grain getting clapped on and doing laps of honour for the 25th anniversary and all that, they'll start to really realise uh-huh. what they've done.
1: Well that's interesting because there's someone else I wanted to touch on is Callum McGregor, it was a, a throwaway comment from him really he was talking about being up there in the, in the same bracket as the Lisbon Lions and there was a couple of people who took a wee bit of you know kind of umbrage to him, to him saying yeah. that but I mean is that, again does that come back to people aren't quite grasping at the moment or sh- as he shouldn't he have said that what do
0: you, what do you think Cal, one thing from speaking a lot to Callum McGregor knowing the type of a boy that Callum McGregor is do not think anybody think for a minute he was saying we are the Lisbon Lions or we're as good as that. that's not what he was saying he, was, I think it was basically put to him that it's an achievement on a par the, with uh-huh, he, you, I, know, you've, you, you guys have done something new that someone else never managed to do the same way as the Lions did and he said well yeah that's Great, you know, we've done something like that. Callum McGregor would never compare himself with or anyone else in that squad with the Lisbon Lions. The Lisbon Lions are special in their own way, and in years to come, this team will be special in their own way when people remember it. But no, the Lisbon Lions are and will always be until the current group win the Champions League. They they will always be the team.
1: And uh, talking about the Champions League, is that with comments from Martin O'Neill after? The testimony, Scott Brown's testimonial, talking about the next big thing is for you know Celtic to, to try and kick on in Europe. But is it, you know, how just how difficult is it for them to do that? It's even more difficult for them to qualify this yeah. year.
2: The you know the, the seedings for last year's Champions League were just crazy, weren't they? The teams in pot were into Celtic. were always going to be landed with two top quality teams. Just so happened out they <laughs> got two of the, the more phenomenal ones. Uh-huh. A, a Europa League run, I think, is going to be acceptable every. Every year, uh-huh. Rodgers mm-hmm. is there. I mean, if if Celtic get into last sixteen, I know Lennon did it and did it under striking as well. But it's just a different, different challenge now to be able to do that. Um, and I think if Celtic can somehow warm their way into the last sixteen, it'd be a huge a, achievement, a ridiculous achievement. But um, a Europa League run to the last sixteen or quarters would would certainly ignite the imagination of the, the fans.
0: I also think it's doable. I I don't think I was at both games. And I don't think Zen at St. Petersburg were unbeatable. Celtic, Celtic played badly in St. Petersburg. They just had a bad night. And they night, gave they. Zen at the game. Uh-huh. So, well, we're all guilty of falling into the trap of, of, you know, this team cost a million pound to assemble and such like. But people shouldn't forget you have to pay a premium as a Russian team to get a player. A player that would normally cost three million pounds. Russians have to pay nine million to convince them to go there. Mm. That's so there's a premium. So that hundred million pound is probably a fifty million pound squad. Well Celtics squad's probably valued at more than that just now. Maybe it didn't cost that to assemble, but it's maybe valued at more than that now. So they let themselves down on that okay that's one of the few times this season they did, but they let themselves down that night and as Pat Bonner made the point a couple of weeks ago, Marseille played Salzburg in one of the semi finals. They're not that far ahead of Celtic. No, they are. They are, but they're not unbeatable. So yeah. that, I think that competition offers a route if they if they genuinely believe. Yeah, because that's a bridgeable gap, isn't it?
1: Yeah. When because then when you start talking about the likes of PSG and Barcelona, yeah, yeah. You know, that's not bridgeable, I agree with you. The the bridge to the likes of Marseille and Salzburg—that's yeah. certainly. What they
0: do have to stop doing is losing seven. That's mm. not clever.
1: <laughs> you know, it's I, I'm
0: I'm all uh-huh. for football philosophies and Brendan. I'm all for playing your style of football but that shouldn't be happening Yeah. on a rig you know once fair enough the everyone's getting happened. done that I mm-hmm. mean it's happened to we've seen loads of crazy results haven't we Maribor losing 7 yeah. and it's happening with a lot. Shouldn't, you know you can't afford another one of them next season yeah. you know yeah. Barcelona was one right fine it was the first game back PSG were unbelievable on the night but you have to find a way mm-hmm. for that not to happen because let's not kid ourselves it could have been 6 or 7 in Bayern Mm-hmm. There are a couple of dubious offside goals it could have been and missed a, missed a few chances as well yeah. so they're going to have to sort that out against the bigger, the bigger teams
1: OK thanks for joining us on the Record Celtic podcast today that's all we've got time for if you want to listen again uh, to any of the episodes you can get us on Acast or on iTunes and we'll be back again next week thank you